Welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today, the boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of Blue Collar BS with Brad and Steve. I am Brad. Hey, and I'm Steve. Okay, there you are, Mr. Doyle. (laughs) Welcome back to another episode. What are we going to talk about today, my friend? So so today, we're going to talk about public perception and the attractiveness of blue collar jobs. Because essentially, there's a negative public perception of blue collar jobs, they're low paying, they're low status, or they could just be dead end and they deter people, our, our parents, our relatives, our family, our friends, our teachers, our educators, they're deterring young generations from pursuing careers in these industries. And guess what? We have a shortage of uh, skilled workers in this industry. A massive, massive, massive shortage of skilled workers. And not only is it a matter of the perception of, of people wanting to get into the j- workforce, those that are trying to get into the workforce are being shamed, are being punished, mm-hmm. are being ousted because they're different. Correct. Right. They're not like us. They've done different things. I was on a, a prospect meeting today, toured their factory, looked at some things and, you know, president comes going, yeah, you know. Those young workers, they just don't want to work. I'm like, I'll challenge you on that. Right. They're willing to work. They're just willing to work. They just want to work differently. Correct. They might not want to fit into your, hey, we get here at 5.30 a.m. and we're done at 2 at 2 p.m. Because mm-hmm. that doesn't fit their lifestyle. That's not what they want. And then you're sitting there complaining that I don't have any, I can't find workers, but you're not willing to adapt or change to what the new workforce might be looking for. Right. Absolutely. So- Let's dive into that a little bit deeper. So when we, obviously, when you toured them and talked about that, did they elaborate on, you know, specifically what they were looking for, the expectations they had of the younger workforce? Ultimately, the expectations are be like everyone else, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that is the, I have not been into a factory or on a job site where, uh, there's been acceptance of difference for most cases when we're trying to hire. Well, what are you hiring for? Well, we want somebody that can come in and just do the job. Okay, cool. But I only want to pay them this. Okay. That doesn't work out well. Those two things are incongruent with each other. Right? I want to pay somebody starting wages, but I want them to act like a journeyman. Right. Or behave like a journeyman and go through. That's not how it works. Instant gratification and employment isn't there. Correct. And you've got tons of folks that are willing to go out and do the thing. If you just invite, invite mm-hmm. them and treat them well and, and create a positive environment and, and work through that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was speaking at the Wisconsin annual Wisconsin safety council event, doing the multi-generational presentation that we do and going through all these examples of different things of just the cell phone on the floor and what the purpose of technology can be. And you just see all these older individuals just shaking their heads going, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. It's exactly what happens. Like, well, why don't you change it? You have the power to go make change if you want. Right. So what was some of the feedback you got on when we, when you challenged them on, you know, changing, like thinking differently about how we, how we invite the younger generation in. There's always the excuse, right? There's always the excuse of, well, 
you know, that's great, but we really don't have any way to train them. Hmm. Yeah, but we don't have time to write out the work instructions. We don't have time to babysit them. Those are always the excuses that come up. And you don't have to babysit. You just need to provide direction. Correct. Right. You need to provide direction over a, a lengthy period of time and also recognize that most jobs you're going to give them, they're going to finish typically faster than you expect. Mm-hmm. So you're not prepared. Correct. And then they get pissed off because they're sitting around twiddling their thumbs because they don't know what to do next because you didn't tell them. And you're pissed off because they didn't think about what that next thing is because their life has been scheduled for the last for, – for 15 years, 17 years, 18 years. Right. Their entire life has been scheduled. Right. Their mom and dad schedule their play dates. And well, their play dates and school yeah. and education and even college, right? I mean, yeah. college may be the first time they've ever had to be out on their own to figure out what do I do with my time? Mm-hmm. And it's not about how do I use my time to go produce the next thing or make my, from a job perspective, you still went to work, went to class, did your assignments. Now you get to a job. Okay, I did the task you asked me to. What do I do next? And there's no direction. There's no authority. There's no buddy. There's no mentor. There's no anything. And then everybody's pissed off because there's nothing's happening. Right. They're so unproductive. Yeah, they're unproductive. Now they're now somebody's ready to retire. They have no backfill. And oh my god, all that knowledge is walking out the door. And shame on nobody's going. Shame on us because we didn't actually do what we needed to do. We didn't actually sit down. And put together, whether it's a committee or a team of people, to actually walk through and say, okay, help me understand what you do or what this job requires and actually write it out. So when that kid that did take the chance to go to the factory or the job site or into the trades or wherever, and he gets beat up every day and he tells all his other friends or her other friends, mm-hmm. why would anybody else try to come back into that environment? Yeah, they wouldn't. Why would Why would anybody do that? So that perception gets, you know, you took the chance. It didn't work because you didn't want to put the time and energy into it as the employer. And now they go out and say, yeah, I'm not going to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with Gen Z now being 26 years old, we're halfway through the generation. You better figure it out soon right. because Gen Alpha is behind it. And that's going to be a whole nother animal of of learning and educating and job performance that is going to be completely different than the Gen Z on top of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk through, because we talked about, you know, a lot of the excuses. We mentioned maybe one or two things that we can, you know, advise companies on. But let's go in that a little bit deeper, like some of the things that we've worked on with our clients to help them. So what are some things that you've worked on with your clients to help them break down those barriers? Uh, I love using some of the e-myth content mm-hmm. and just understanding the results that you're asking for. Mm-hmm. And you use those results to build the la- the career ladder mm-hmm. just because you're a general laborer. And that's the only title you have in your workforce. Doesn't mean you ha- you have a pay scale within there, correct? And you should be pay- you should be paying for the results the individuals producing, not for how long they've been there, correct? And working through that mind shift is typically one of the largest barriers to get through. But once you're through it and it's set up and it's ready to go, it's magical. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How about how about yourself? 
No, I always like putting together uh, a roles and accountability chart. Like who is responsible for what? Because that is oftentimes very unclear because there's so many assumptions that happen. And what you uncover is how many people are doing wearing multiple hats. So when you bring someone in, they're like, oh, you're just going to do what Jim did. Oh, I am. Well, Jim had 15 different hats. Today he was operations. Jim, Jim was a unicorn. Jim was a yep. goddamn unicorn. You know, it was like, hey, this is no Jim. Jim did all these things because Jim was there for 35 years and the company was different and you just kept on piling on and he got really good at stuff and he could do it in three minutes Yeah, because he had 30 years of knowledge. Yeah. And then what happens is when you bring somebody in but didn't consult Jim, Jim's always like, why is this fucked up today? Who fucked this up? Right. right. So then it, then now you've got animosity from the experienced workforce to the management team. You've got animosity from the experienced workforce to the new hire. The new hire doesn't know what the hell's going on. And everybody else in the middle is like, what the fuck is going on? This is a great shit show we just started. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is a it is a challenge. It is a um, opportunity as well. And it, it it's not it's complicated. It's not hard. It's complicated. Correct. But it's amazing what happens when you actually sit down, you carve time out, you be purposeful about you know, what needs to be done, and you just say, today, this is what we're going to get done. And you, you, people don't realize how much further it actually puts them ahead. Correct. Getting it documented, getting it on paper. Because you might find out that Jim was doing half his job was shit he shouldn't be doing anyhow. Mm-hmm. And, and Jim could really be better off doing the next thing versus the things that he was doing. And you change that job role. It could be stuff he hated doing, but he just did it because it had to fall somewhere. Yeah, it had to be done regardless. You know, there's, there are right. certain employees. They, they know they are doing stuff because it has to be done. So what do you think we can do to create a, and I think it's starting to change the perception of, of blue collar, the perception of manufacturing trades, is starting to change as to not being, oh, you can't think about that anymore. You can't do that anymore. But it's a small percentage. So it, comparatively, it's a large percentage jump, Correct. but it's still a very small percentage of the population. What do you think we can do to, to help organizations and support them to let them know that this stuff is, at the end of the day, it's even though it doesn't seem like it's pretty that sexy, Wiring a house is pretty sexy when it's done correctly. It can turn into, I mean, you look at a wired house when it's completed, it's really freaking cool. Right. Well, let's let's just go to what's being pushed today. So today is uh, Friday, April 28th. What's being pushed now in within the mainstream is all about EV, electric vehicles, pushing it into homes, right? Pushing it into vehicles. So what's going to happen when, you know, the electrician isn't there to actually you know, rewire your house for your electric vehicle. Because right now you're on a wait list. Right. Because there's not enough electricians. To to rewire your house, to actually draw electricity, to charge that cool car you want. Oh, by the way, guess who's got to come in? <laughs> Why do you want to go down this path? Why do you want to bait me into this Because it's fun, <laughs> right? Because it's fun. Again, not a political no, show. I but wasn't yes. planning more there, but we can yeah, I know. Um, 
you need the electrician in order to do all that work. And yes, that those unintended consequences are, oh, hey, yeah, I just bought this great EV. It's got a 300 mile charge. I can drive it for a week and I can't charge it at my house because I can't get a right. charging so now station. I've, now I've got to go to the dealership. I've got to go to a charging station and wait there for three hours. Okay. Trickle, 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 trickle. Right. So, I mean, there's instances like that, but then you look at the infrastructure required to build the manufacturing plants, to put these in place. You don't have enough trades to build it in place, to put it into production soon enough. Why is right. that? Because we made trades unattractive. And oh, by the way, the guys building that stuff, they're making six figures easily. And easily, right. You know, they don't have the college debt to pay off. But because the other part, this is the other part that blows my mind that people sometimes think that, you know, all those guys working on the road crew, those guys Mm -hmm. um, putting those things in. My time working at, you know, back at Busaris and walking the floor and talking to guys, they were they were some of the smartest individuals Mm -hmm. I've ever come across. Yeah, ever from a problem solving, from an idea perspective, from a design perspective, from just. Pro, just being able to carry on a meaningful conversation and do things along the way, it was it was mind blowing. Right, and it's like, ah, oh, you're just a machinist. No, 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 no. That's no, that's not what that is. Yeah, they put MacGyver. Um, they're a doctor. They're a doctor of metal, right? Yeah. If you if you started thinking about that about being metal doctors, doctors of metal, mm-hmm. or doctors of electricity, or doctors of you know, yeah, absolutely, electron. That's what they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they would put MacGyver to shame, man. I mean, sorry, Maybe that's sorry what millennials, and, uh, millennials and uh, Gen Z, you don't know what MacGyver is, but MacGyver's a man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know what to do with that. I'm just going to let that one go. You got, you got a knife, a roll of duct tape, a coat hanger, and, uh, and an ink pen, and we just made, you know, we diffused bombs, you know, hot wire right. cars, everything. Like, it was just... You know, it was awesome. <laughs> I think if we, if, if, right, if we can somehow, I know we can't use the term legally use the word doctor, right? Doctor of doctor of, you know, electrons for those electricians mm-hmm. or doctor of waste, men, right? But they are, yeah, they're they're not tech. They're above technicians. They're above those things. And I, somehow, somebody more creative than myself, we need to come up with that term. We need to figure out that term here. Maybe we can get find somebody on the show to help us talk through that as to what we should call the manufacturing and trades and, and different those different things other than just general labor or machinist right. or because that might be some of the stigma that we uh-huh. need to figure out how to get rid of. Absolutely. All right, Mr. Doyle. Um, until we get to our next topic All right. for our own segment here. We will uh, part ways for this day on April 28th. As you mentioned, I'm looking forward to a great weekend of golf. How about yourself? Um, Actually, we're doing some community service projects this weekend. So it's our, community, awesome. it's our community impact weekend. So time for some service projects. Well, good for you. Enjoy that with your family mm-hmm. and we will talk to you soon. All right. Later, man. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue-collar businesses strong for generations to come.